Welcome to the Lincoln Baptist Daily Reading Programme. Today is day 69 and we find ourselves in Numbers 21 and 22, John chapter 7 and verses 25 through 53, and then Psalm 30. As we look into this Old Testament passage, it seems the people will never learn their lesson. They have just rebelled against Moses and Aaron, witnessed a plague and destruction. They have just seen Moses sin against God and he has been punished because of it. But now they complain about a lack of food and water. It's not the first time they have done this, but yet it's another time where they have lacked faith in the plan of God. It's almost tiring to read the same ignorant sin over and over again. So once again, the Lord brings his judgment in the form of snakes. Do you see the cycle the people are trapped in? God calls them to do something, they grumble, they are judged, several die, they repent, they are blessed, and then they repeat the whole process over and over and over again. Chapter 22 brings us the famous story of the talking donkey. Balak seeks the destruction of Israel and he believes he can achieve it through Balaam, the so-called prophet. Yet Balaam is not a godly prophet and so God has to teach him a lesson, one that involves a talking donkey. When you read these passages, do you find yourself just in awe of God? He can do as he pleases. Within his godly characteristics, God can make donkeys speak guide a people to safety, come as a pillar of cloud and fire, and a host of other things we read all the way through scripture. When I read this passage, of course I see Balak and his plan against the people, of course I see Balaam and his unfaithfulness, and of course I see the donkey and the angel. But the thing I mainly see is an all-powerful God who is in control. When you look at life before you, what do you see? Let's head into our New Testament reading in John's Gospel and our passage today speaks of the many ways in which the people reacted to Jesus. Everyone was captivated by Jesus, but it wasn't always a positive experience. The Pharisees and leaders of the time were captivated, but they wanted to arrest and kill Jesus. The crowd were captivated by Jesus, but they were confused at the hatred toward him. Some of the people that heard him teach were captivated by Jesus, and they also truly believed that he was the Messiah, for no one greater could surely come. But throughout all of this, Jesus continues to give hints as to what will happen. His earthly ministry will continue for a period, and he will return to the Father upon his resurrection, and many will look for him, but will not find him, for he has ascended to the Father. With such confusion in the crowd, Jesus was calm and focused on the plan ahead. There was an endurance in his tone, a surrendering to the plan of God and an assurance that the plan would be fulfilled. When I read these passages, I always find myself asking the very basic question, who do you say Jesus is? When you read his words, when you experience him in your life, who do you say he is? It's a life-altering question, for if you reject him, or even if you have an apathetic response to him, you will end up like the crowd and much of the leadership of the time confused and frustrated. But if you accept that Jesus is truly the Son of God, the Messiah, our salvation, well then you will rejoice for you will have found the grace of God through faith in Jesus. So this passage really does beg the answer to the question, who do you say that Jesus is? Finally, we have Psalm 30. The psalm begins with the praise for deliverance. The psalmist has been saved from his foes and has been brought to safety. You see in verse 4 the reality of the psalmist's heart now. He's truly thankful for such a salvation. However, the psalm hinges on verse 6 where there is a change of tone. As the psalmist looks back, he was saved from his own sin. He was saved from mourning. He was saved from his arrogance. And for each of these, he is truly grateful. 
And I think verse 12 gives us a great conclusion. The salvation the psalmist experienced will be for the glory of God as he sings praises to God and will not remain silent for what God has done. How about you today? What can you praise God for? What can you sing and glorify God for? Don't remain silent. Don't have that British reservedness. Sing praises to God for he turns mourning into dancing. Let's pray together. Father, we do indeed praise you that you turn mourning into dancing and we praise you for salvation in your name. We pray that we would respond to Jesus as our Lord and Saviour and not have an apathetic response, but truly surrender to him and to live our lives as Jesus did with endurance, with patience and with an assurance that the plan will be fulfilled. Father, we pray that we would not be like the people in our Old Testament passage and we wouldn't just turn to you grumbling whenever there's something that we think is wrong. Father, let us have a resolute faith in you and that we are rock solid in our understanding that God is always in control. We pray this in your precious name. Amen.